Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we hurt our knees dancing in our rooms as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 130th episode in the series, Once in St. Olaf. So when you were dancing in your room, were you dressed as a monk or a Trekkie? (laughs) I mean, it doubles, so. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, man, We're, we're in the, like the total you know like another yet another episode where it's like the outlandish coincidences which of course you know brother martin attributes to the divine intervention of god after he avoided responsibility as a human man <laughs> for many years <laughs> but uh, it's it's so it's so goofy but it's great it, it's a great episode it works really well i'm pretty sure like everything that happens in a hospital in the show is actually pretty funny yeah, yeah, I agree. And they're really like flexing the um what's interesting is they were just in a hospital last episode. So I, I feel like they're really flexing that um that new set. And right. um in line with the sort of like 90s dorkiness, like wacky coincidences, um I have noticed that there's a lot of like it becomes really like bit heavy. Like Sophia mm-hmm. in particular is used a lot to do these like little bits. You know, they kind they kind of always do bits, but I have no I noticed in this episode and the um the few that I've watched following it that uh Sophia is very it's like it's like the precursor to must see TV. I feel like the writing and the <laughs> acting is very like you can see it. You can see the future here. Mm-hmm. Um which I really do like I I feel like it's so interesting to watch these in order and so close together um relative to like as they aired because like the the shift which we talked about in the last one and we talked about through season five is so palpable Mm -hmm. um and I really just want I want to know like what the sociological psyche was in the early 90s that contributes to tv like this (laughs) yeah you know somebody write that (laughs) Well, I'm sure I'm sure there's also just like evolution of TV history and stuff, which I'm, you know, we probably should have read a huge book on it (laughs) before this episode to discuss this. But like, honestly, yeah, just the evolution of like what, you know, what's happening in the sort of cultural zeitgeist, but also just what happens in TV, right? Because like you just have new styles sort of emerging built off old styles, right? And like the sitcom has evolved in every single decade of television. <laughs> so it now the 90s had this really distinct style. It's just really interesting. But but I also think, and we've discussed this before too, is that like when you have these characters for so long as we've had, for six years, like you, they evolve. And a lot of times they do become sort of caricatures of themselves. And that's where sort of the bits comes from, especially with Sophia, I think. Right, you know? right. It's more the, the transcendence I get, like the the crossing from 80s to 90s because I do feel like that's a smaller group obviously that's a smaller group of tv shows that you could really like hone in on and um observe the you know the evolution there um but I would like for this episode actually to start from the top because yeah I love morning people (laughs) I do and (laughs) I also love love the puppet thing Rose's (laughs) accent Rose's Blanche accent in particular oh god I know Kills me. How you feel? That's <laughs> so amazing. I actually really, <laughs> I really love how she goes bad puppet. Like it's like it's kind of a, um, it's a real life follow up to what the Rose character would do after insulting Dorothy. Whereas I feel like on television, 
insults and other things like they just sort of let them slide and they don't quote unquote like repair <laughs> the issue especially with like a nicer person throwing something out so it's kind of nice that she almost like privately admonishes herself for being mean I think it's really it's very true to character it's wonderful yeah I love it and I love the, <laughs> the whole concept of a traditional St. Olaf fun pack oh my I God, love I when Sophia's like here Darcy, so- you throw this out <laughs> Oh, yeah, here, you throw this out. Um, the um, you have nothing to feel guilty about just so reminds me of like annoying fucking passive aggressive people. Like the way Blanche says that, she obviously means that Dorothy has something to feel guilty about. Not the <laughs> least, even if Dorothy didn't say, what are you talking about? I don't even know what you're talking about. Like literally Blanche is saying that to just stir drama. And it reminds me of just like, especially a lot of like older people of like, you know, oh, well, and 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 don't, don't worry that you've put on a little weight, <laughs> you know, like shit, shit like that, where they mean the exact opposite of what they say. And like, that is exactly what Blanche is doing here. She is poking the bear to stir it up and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's so like just below the surface. And it's funny because then Rose kind of piles on too, which like, happens obviously it happens when they do that but it is a little like it's kind of cute in a way to see them yeah. be so defensive of Sophia um and Dorothy just being like I don't you know it was wicker like <laughs> yeah it was wicker all right <laughs> it's great it's really good but yeah so I mean so the whole like it was wicker all right uh situation you know um I love that she's like and the lazy boy (laughs) (laughs) because if have you ever moved lazy boy there they actually probably weigh as much as a Volkswagen no they seem really heavy to me like they're really ridiculous so I love that that's sort of like this throwaway line but you're also like okay well that's a different story then (laughs) yeah yeah and like I, you know, I think from the very beginning also, because of all the barbs about it, like, yeah, it feels clear to me as a fan that that's not what happened. Like there's yes. something that's not the wicker. So I also love to imagine people like, you know, watching live. Um, and I don't know if like the audience was, would anticipate a reveal exactly, but from yeah. the, you know, from the get-go, it's like something's fishy about this wicker story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but I do love the, you know, pussycat, I moved the safe to the attic, like you asked me to, and they get, it gets a huge laugh, right? And then she goes, can I have food now? Which I, I think should get way more of a laugh and it doesn't. And it's kind of funny that it's like, that joke actually is supposed to actually connect to reality where she's like, you're not supposed to have food because of surgery. Like it actually provides, Sophia making that joke provides a bridge into like real stuff. You know what I mean? A, a real, real, like content of the um the actual episode but i just think it's a fucking funny joke (laughs) it's perfect for sophia i actually think this food joke is funnier than the later food joke with the doctor where she's Mm. like for food you know i i mean it's so funny because like that one gets way more of a laugh yeah i disagree with the studio audience is what i'm saying (laughs) yeah i hear it they don't know what they're talking about um i love it and i love that like sophia leans into this like when she says i'll push the car around front like oh my god it's great it's it's perfect and it's like all of the beats continue going and it's like miniature callbacks to like that joke oh it's great it's wonderful 
Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's funny that like, there's a recurring thing of Sophia being afraid of hospitals. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, she's more afraid of shady pines, at least in the beginning here. Yes. Um, yes. And it did like trigger something like, you know, I, it's, it is kind of an interesting concept that like Sophia went to shady pines after she had a stroke. And that's often what happens is somebody suffers an injury that like requires more care than a person can give them and or you know their loved one can give them so they go um but when I was taking notes on I was kind of like yeah that is sort of like when I see it in black and white it's a pretty fucked up thing um but I also we don't really have an alternative so what are you supposed to do if like you know like what's the options totally I know it is, it is a, a very good joke where she's like, you took me, why would I take you to Shady Ponds when you have a hernia? You took me there after I was stroke. <laughs> <laughs> but like in that line, I had the same thought as you. It was like, no, 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 that is kind of what we do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a little different, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it is, it is funny. I, that's interesting. you pointing out like the fears where like Shady Pines is the, uh, the superior one here <laughs> than going to the hospital for an operation. Um, but I do, you know, I, I, I love that it's still consistent with Sophia just being like, no, I'm not going like, that's it, you know? Um, and then having to, to argue about putting in a wet bar. A wet bar. Like, yeah. <laughs> you hear that, Dorothy? Agony. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> all right. So let, so let's move to the, let's move to the hospital here. Do, do Christian monks like come out into the world in the 80s at least dress like that I, i'm not sure i feel I've like you would be in one. normal clothes more like a um a, a father Leahy situation but mm, i yes. did wikipedia i was uh looking up like monks because i feel like you know christian orders of monks that's not the representation that i have i know there are you know i know that they exist yeah. um but i feel like it's interesting how at least my perception of uh, like what I picture when I hear the word monk is it's not Tony Shalhoub it's <laughs> Buddhist um, but I don't know I feel like this is like the picture at the time and he's sort of like he's very um, yeah like why are you you couldn't put on a different pair of clothes where's your dancing clothes like <laughs> yeah right <laughs> well I think it would be really fun to dance in a tunic like that just to yeah be fair. but yeah um, but anyway, yeah, it was very like, you know, medieval times feeling to me. Very. <laughs> it's, just, it's really funny. Um, but I do like the Trekkie joke for that. You know, it's like, it's worth it to have, have good old Donanichi dress up, um, as, as a Trekkie just for that joke. Um, they, um, in Jim Colucci's, uh, Bible, the, uh, they talk about, or actually Betty White talks about how this was actually a pretty rough filming week because Donanichi was having trouble with his lines, um he's pretty old at this point i mean he had his resurgence around this time too when he was in trading places um and uh but like you know he was way more like so many guest stars on this show like way more famous way back in the day and i'm sure uh meanwhile the podcast is george has a lot to talk about (laughs) him being here but um but you know they were patient with him and you never you actually don't even see it like I feel like with some older guest stars you can see that they might be tripping up on their lines but I think he he does a really great job here yeah and he does really well I think portraying like emotions and sort of live processing um and he looks great I I also like I was surprised when I looked up to see how old he was when this was filming (laughs) how old was he he I didn't write it down obviously but I will (laughs) um 
put Lauren on the spot. Always take notes, scholars. So he was born in 19, uh, 1908. So yeah, he would have been, yeah. That's very old. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't look it, right? I feel like. Exactly. No, he did a great job. Um, I also, it's interesting that in this episode, so, you know, also in Jim Colucci's book, they talk about how obviously like there's in one of the earlier episodes they actually make a mistake and call rose's parents the nylons which is not true that's her married name they're the lindstroms and then like you know up until the bob hope episode we had seen her mother who you believe is just her birth mother and then we'd seen her sister who you believe is her sister and then then you know we all of a sudden switched to like bob hope is like i didn't know my father i'm adopted you know like all of that and then that's like the storyline that the writers like take from there, you know, from that point on. Um, but it's really interesting that, you know, we get the, her birth mom's name, Ingrid Kirklevoner. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is so funny. Cause like, however, the closed captions spell it on Hulu is like, not, nah, I, don't, I don't even think close to looking like it's skin, maybe in self should be, <laughs> but they did an admirable job whatever 20 year old intern was doing that um but i think it, it's just very inter interesting that they like name her it just makes it feel just watching this again makes it feel more of a real story and like really kind of awesome that rose did know her birth mother's name you know um mm -hmm. if you're if you're assuming that um you know the mother that we actually see in the in the first season is um her adopted mother you know mrs yeah. lindstrom as she is um so anyway it's just it's really it's a it's a good exchange even though it's quite ridiculous right yeah, spicy beef sticks. <laughs> yeah oh my god hickory smoked cheese and beef sticks a baby and some kind of crackers that didn't come with anything <laughs> um, yeah, Moses. I mean, Moses. that was the deal <laughs> to take the beef sticks <laughs> but anyway i just i really love their exchange like her face when she says you knew ingrid is like really sweet and you know like you said about don amici too like he he does really good real-time processing and obviously that whole exchange at the, the front desk is exactly what you need yeah yeah actually so i um i think that he also don amici does a really good job at portraying what seems to me to be a genuine connection to god like i feel like i sometimes um like person my own personal non-religious beliefs sometimes um it's hard, I think, for me to buy a performance yeah. that somebody is. And I really get it from him. Like, I feel like he really feels like this is like, uh, you know, an act from the man upstairs <laughs> the intern, or the intern yeah. paper shoes. Like, he really portrays, like, he really conveys, I think, um, this feeling of like a divine connection and really yeah. like being in awe of it. So, um I don't know. Did you get that at all from him? Like, do you I believe mean, he's a monk? <laughs> I, I totally believe he's a monk, but my feelings on that whole scene, um, not necessarily the Lord certainly works in mysterious ways, because I really I do like that line. But um I that what later when he's sort of explaining to Rose why he didn't sort of, you know, fucking man up <laughs> is it that that's the part that takes me out of it because as a non-religious person like whatever you can have your religion and all of that kind of stuff but when it actually like affects other people's earthly lives like where you actually don't like 
connect with somebody. I, I really, I mean, I, this is such a complex world of birth parents and giving people up for adoption and not knowing your parents. I don't have any personal experience with that. So I cannot speak to that. And I would be fascinated to hear people's takes on this episode and the scene who have not known either of their parents or particularly their father or, you know, and, and who have been adopted, et cetera. But it's just like, it, it just it, like, for me, my gut instinct was just like, oh man, that's just like such a sad line to be like, well, I was waiting for God. Like, it's not up to me. It's not up to you, Rose. It's not up to me. It's up to God. And God, you know, put me here because I was dancing in my room. And for some reason I'm in the Miami. Um, right. <laughs> it's like, for me, it was just sort of like a, you could have tried, you know, like I, I like how Rose kind of pushes back with being like, he's like, why well, I, I didn't know how to reach out because I thought it might interrupt your life. And she's like, well, that's up from up to me, you know, like to to decide. And I, I, I mean, I kind of agree with Rose here. I'm sure it's different for every person. But um, my my initial like knee jerk was just like, yeah, you probably should have done a little more, Brother Martin. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really fair. Um, but she does get him back with the pie. <laughs> we don't have any. We uh, never now did. Even... <laughs> so I love how you're like counterpoint. Yeah, yeah, but who's the real? We winner? never did. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I think that's totally fair, and I agree. Like, I'm really, I am really proud of Rose that she doesn't just um accept that as the explanation and also like even though they have this very sitcom-y resolution um you know she's still she asks like why didn't you follow up with my mother like directly asks that question um and I think you know that's really that's really brave um and it's also really kind of unlike Rose to be so um you know, to be so, but I think this is such a big deal for her. And yeah, it's, it's like, an emotionally charged situation. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right about that. But yeah, I mean, we see her have these moments of strength when something really, really matters, right? And like, she really is a almost like, you know, patience, patience, patience. And then she goes over a cliff in terms of like, you know, being intense about something, I think, you know, because it's like, this touches a nerve for her. Um, because obviously it's her father. Like, I love how she just ignores her roommates, you know, as she's like moving around the, the hospital because she's so lost in thought after what just happened. So funny. yeah, it's I very love. realistic. He's um, alive, he's in Miami, he's an earthling. So good. He's an earthling, is so good. I know, I know. Also, uh-huh. he's in Miami because great fucking point. <laughs> yeah, never explained. Nothing about that. Just um, like all those high school reunions, you know? Right. A lot of questions. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I love, obviously, like, the Zulu bit. The Zulu bit, oh, when it first happens, is 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 good. But when it comes back... Oh, the callback is so is, great. It's amazing. Oh, <laughs> so incredible. So incredible. It's, it's yeah. You know you know me. I love a callback. It's epic. It's so good. <laughs> it has to have that other, like, you know stereotypical like uh stockbroker or whatever uh read it out yeah (laughs) (laughs) um I also want to talk about the Masters and Johnson joke I feel like that's a really highbrow reference right fantasy I know yeah is it um I actually did not check Mount Browning's book is it in there um I didn't check it either but I will check right now if you're only just now joining us you need to uh get the uh golden girls fan reference guide by matt browning which is um absolutely let me let me 
definitive Golden Girls cultural reference guide. That's that's the name of it officially. Um, it's really just something that everyone has wanted to have forever. <laughs> and Matt Browning put it together. So thank you for your service. Um, okay, so I can confirm that Masters and Johnson is in Matt Browning's book. Excellent. Um, and he gives a great explanation about... Uh, he says, the pioneering research team of William H. Masters and Virginia E. Johnson worked in the nature of human sexual response disorders and dysfunctions beginning in the 1950s. Um, and yeah, like I know, I even feel like now that's a relatively highbrow joke, right? Like Absolutely. it's not an everyday reference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, <laughs> let's focus on all of these jokes of like, I want to skip ahead a bit because my absolute favorite line is <laughs> within this entire vein of just like Blanche being hypersexualized. So, you know, it's starting with like, you don't think he's read the men's room wall <laughs> like, starting as this, this, Oh, this is actually great. So I, sorry. I'm like, I'm so giddy. I'm, I'm skipping around here, but going back to what you said about like the bits and like having, we were saying the evolution of the show and like sort of honing more in on characters and playing with things differently as we evolve like Dorothy's like you don't think he's read the men's room wall in an earlier season would just be like a straight insult to Blanche but in this instance and I feel in the latter seasons she pl plays into it and she leans into it so the joke that follows it up when he passes by and she sort of gives him a glance and, and she just goes apparently not <laughs> is like this interesting acknowledgement of the Blanche character being like that was an insult that Dorothy said but by saying apparently not she's turned it into a reality so then you have to backtrack and be like oh it her name actually is on the room wall and blanche like knows this and it, it turns it into something entirely different right it's almost like it's almost as if she you know like she's like i've been marking the days off on my big ships of the navy calendar and then like <laughs> turns out like she actually has a calendar you know what I mean right it's like, no it's, like, it's a really really like unique device that they you're right they do start doing it later um and I think it's much funnier like also at this point we've heard pretty much you know Blanche's shore leave she's a human yeah. mattress like we've heard everything that can we've heard it, everything so right for them to turn it around, I think just makes it so much. Yeah, I agree. I think that's one of the funniest jokes in this whole episode. They've done it. Well, no, that, that wasn't even the one I was talking about. I'm just getting so excited. So I just, um, I, I wanted to acknowledge that because I also think that they do, in earlier seasons, they probably have done the, um, you know, the, like the jokes with Rose more because Rose has more of the I don't know, shall we say more absurd, like, you know, instances, <laughs> like for example, where you know she's like oh struck by lightning she's like no thanks once was enough you know where, <laughs> like she rose turns into the joke of like insert absurd thing here has actually happened to me it's not just like a, a knock on saint olaf so Great. anyway that's pretty interesting here but going back to you know the a big pile of estrogen blanche <laughs> <laughs> i really really love the entire exchange um with Blanche and Dorothy when she is talking about how Dorothy is not being feminine enough it's not she, sexy it, when she's walking around the hospital it's unbelievable you'll have to excuse me if I don't have the rolling gait of a nymphomaniac and yet again disagree with the audience they did not laugh hard enough at that joke that is I a agree. brilliant joke and incredible writing and you know me the words person I mean it's Come on, yeah. not writing. What are you, what are you doing? Excuse me if I don't have the rolling gait of a nymphomaniac. 
I mean, Jesus Christ, honestly, like, uh, Golden Girls posters, Chris, you better make that a t-shirt. Okay. Cause I, I really, <laughs> really, it's incredible. That. It's, it's so great. <laughs> um, we're getting more into the big daddy digs as well. We're, it's oh yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Really I, sk- I skipped ahead a little bit. Well, no, 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 that's okay. I, yeah. I, um, I just want to point out that like, which is good also. Cause I feel like big daddy is not like, um, he's not a, I, I don't know. I feel like we have a complex relationship with him at this point. We've probably made some pretty serious like inferences. Um, and obviously, you know, like we know some, some suspicious things, but at this point, they're just straight up just telling you that he's uh, like in this instance, like that bigot loved you, that bigot was there for you. Like, I think the grand dragon <laughs> insult is coming up in a couple of episodes. Like we're not <laughs> dancing around it anymore, which I'm calling <laughs> what he is. Um, so he, what I think is really interesting about that is, um, is that like Rose calls it right. Like I think everyone, to your point, there have been inferences, and everyone has sort of just like tacitly let it roll over, and then. Rose was Rose says it like it is she's like that bigot was there for you you know like calls it out based on the line that Blanche recalls um about admitting who in my country club but uh I just I I love that and and Rose isn't even saying like hey Blanche your dad's a bigot she just says that bigot was there for you it's already like everybody knows yeah everybody knows and it's really great it's very excellent to have her call it out you know um anyway (laughs) just backing up just slightly um I really love when you know she's also talking about um Rose tells the girls you know that obviously it's like her dad (laughs) she's like you know he was a monk who'd taken a vow of silence they made love and he didn't even call her the next day it was excellent but I also love that um Dorothy goes must have been a pretty reformed order yeah I love that it's really excellent and it's funny because like they actually don't go into that probably for censorship reasons about like you know like having an affair they don't even like name it really they're just like this girl worked at the monastery and yada 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 you know I meet Mm -hmm. Rose 60 years later exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh and then he's like I think I have his forgiveness it's like oh man but there's like so much complexity there too going back to what i was saying earlier about being like kind of a cop-out it's like she died in childbirth dude like what yeah but abby (laughs) (laughs) oh god (laughs) yeah yeah what do we think about uh sophia and the elevator oh so i um some i may have mentioned this um before, but I'm actually currently writing a master's thesis about um, like policy that affects the elderly and largely like healthcare is is big. And I literally wrote like <laughs> the Medicare joke is my entire thesis. <laughs> like, I can't get like anything, um, but it's so funny. Like the doctor thing, like the Dow was down again. Like I get that you're 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 just shoving it in the face of like the audience that doctors are rich and wealthy and they are like obviously doctors make a lot of money yeah. but like it's not Morgan Stanley in that elevator like I don't oh yeah yeah, yeah. That they're like <laughs> no but they're not so I in my impression they're not supposed to be doctors they're just visiting the hospital oh really I thought they were doctors yeah. no I don't think so okay well that makes me feel better about I think that no I think but I think it's just like the joke is so be like hey you sound like doctors okay okay money. good 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 that's that's my 
feeling about it, but um, I don't know. I could be wrong. I think that's because they had street clothes. I really feel like they would have dressed them up as actual doctors. Right. I yeah. Know. I mean, I the monks in monk like, clothes. Yeah. They were probably just like visiting, you know, their CEO or some shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The hospital administrators, maybe where Rose could have been. Yeah, exactly. She'd only tailored that resume a little better. Um, but speaking of Medicaid, <laughs> like, do we, is the conceit of this episode that like hospitals are so incompetent that like this woman is left post op in an elevator? Like, what? And then, like, the guy who shaves everybody is the only guy who, like, seems to care. <laughs> it's really, like, I'm not exactly sure the point they're trying to make here. Yeah, I think that is the point. <laughs> and I think it's just, like, wacky hospital, like, a lost patient. Yes. Can you believe it? Like, like, if you're missing any jewelry or if they kill you. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, like it's, <laughs> I also have in here that Blanche knows about the special key for the main elevator. It feels very like Grey's Anatomy. To oh me. God. Um, and this like losing a patient, I, I feel like it could be like a, maybe like scrubs or something. Like I was trying to think of other hospital yeah. set shows where like these storylines could, could fit in. Um, but like, any show that would have to explain this further than just like, oh, she's in an elevator. Oh, there's an, a man she thinks is an angel found her. Like, it would be pretty tough to not go into like, why would a patient on Medicare be neglected? Whereas a patient on private insurance <laughs> probably wouldn't. Like, explain that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, Scrubs had an episode where they like, were trying to figure out whose cup of urine it was, but they, I don't think they lost a patient. <laughs> Feels more realistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean- it, it is really funny because it's not, there's no reason. There's not any resolution except to freak Dorothy out and to like force a confession. But it's like Sophia's forced confession about how she actually got the hernia is only after her surgery. It's not like she, because I actually thought when I was remembering this episode before I rewatched it, I thought Sophia was like, I made a deal with God if I got out of this elevator, but she says I made a deal with God if I got through surgery so that she already was like obliged to tell Dorothy that the truth, if she woke up in the elevator or in her room, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's so funny. And I also love that. It's like Dorothy's responsibility only to find her mother, even though she got a call from the hospital saying she was missing. <laughs> She's just running around. Like, isn't there a code blue equivalent of like, there's, you know, like, code silver or whatever there's like a lady missing anyway it, there's there's right. so many questions that are absolutely not even begun to, like they're not even addressed or not even touching them no and like practically how could you somebody had to wheel her in there he just they just left without remembering the wheel a full person <laughs> they're in like bedding. lunch break yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go <laughs> what do you i heard there's pie i'm into easy listening how should i how the hell should i know <laughs> oh christ Okay, so going back, all right. So the rolling gate of the nymphomaniac is, mm, I, I can't decide whether that's the funniest line or what I think is probably the greatest sarcastic moment of this show, which is- Wow, bold. Blanche, it's a bold statement. It's a bold statement. I mean, there are many great sarcastic Dorothy's, but I think this is like an underdog moment. <laughs> Rose, I mean, Blanche goes, have you found her? And Dorothy's standing there completely by herself. And she goes, oh yes, Blanche, about a half hour ago. And then she takes her hand 
puts it on Blanche's shoulder and uses her other hand to gesture, but now I've hidden her again so you can find her. It is, it perfectly encapsulates, like encapsulates the, the undercurrent of rage that you are suppressing in the form of sarcasm of someone asking stupid shit in a moment of your personal panic. You know, like I, yeah, she's so upset about so many things, right? Obviously the hospital, et cetera. But like the bare minimum here is she cannot find her mother. Her best friend knows this. Her best friend is smart enough to understand that the first thing that happens after she finds her mother is she will tell her best friend. (laughs) And she sees her visibly standing alone. And I just love it. Like you, Dorothy really wants to slap the shit out of her. Like she, like, it's so (laughs) bubbling beneath her in the way that she delivers this line so coldly that it, I, I watched it three times. It's the funniest shit. I, I really, I stand by this. It's like, it's just, it just makes me feel so like I've been in that situation where you're just trying to make solve issues and people are really bumming you out with stupid questions I know I wish I could respond in such a composed way it's so right? elegant almost yeah I, I agree it's it's incredible delivery also just the joke itself is great like your turn yeah no it's funny to imagine that <laughs> oh my god it's just god I love Dorothy so much it's incredible the best <laughs> um okay so by the way the the cop took a bullet pulling a baby carriage out of the line of fire when there was a madman shooting from the rooftop at a political rally in Florida. Can I just say? Yeah, a little too close. <laughs> a, little, a little too close to the present day. I guess Florida's just always been Florida. Um, classic Florida man. Yeah. Um, but and I, I love do, when Sophia's like, same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how about you? Same. I do love where she's like, guys like you make it safe for old ladies like me. <laughs> and the shave guy is like, I don't get the connection, ma'am but thank you. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Over the shoulder exiting. Oh, epic. So great. Um, I guess the last thing is sort of the confrontation in the room with brother Martin. Um, yeah. And this is, I agree. This is where I start to come out of it a little bit. He's very calm. He definitely has like the demeanor. Yeah. He maintains the demeanor of, of a monk, I think. Um, but I don't know when he's like, oh, you're terribly upset. Like, how do you know? How do you know that she's terribly upset? You don't know, know her. Exactly. Well, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. That that to me, it's like, it's kind of interesting where he's sort of like, it's almost like buying time in the conversation to like vaguely reflect back at her. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't take, I didn't take any sort of offense at that because I feel like he is just trying to He's trying to live time, like real time process for himself. Right. And almost by saying it out loud like that, he has to like acknowledge it. <laughs> so I kind of give him a little bit of credit there, even though he is supposed to be, you know, uh, even more like he's supposed to be a good character. Like there's, you know, there's not blame here or anything, which is really interesting. Right. Cause there's like, she does have like a minor confrontation, but all in all, like, you know, it's not a Michi, like he's all right. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting um yeah but but yeah I do I really appreciate how it eventually goes and you know it's like it's like a funny it's like a funny little laugh uh joke actually what I didn't like as much it's like is his joke about like I know it's a little late for me to start acting like a father but right. you know, and it's like it's kind of like funny 
but also it's funny because like if you think of like Dorothy at that moment just like yeah whatever dude I I, I lost my mom get the fuck out of here <laughs> we'll try yeah <laughs> oh god too funny um but yeah it is it is kind of like a push-pull thing where Rose is like meet my dad and Dorothy's like not now yeah yeah no totally and I love it Rose <laughs> you know like how she gets him up when she pushes the button <laughs> oh that's great oh you're up <laughs> It's really cute. Yeah, it's very cute. Shines of this one, it, you know, it's it's for her. Um, <laughs> yeah, I um, the only other earlier thing I wanted to talk about is when Blanche is like, "I look cute on the money," because <laughs> very relevant to uh, I, I don't know King Charles. He's oh not going to look right? as cute as Blanche would have. I can tell you that. I know for real, for real. I also think it's funny, like where. Dorothy's like oh yeah Errol Flynn was my dad she's like I wanted dad all to myself and then like her and Blanche give each other these like am I right about Errol Flynn being sexy (laughs) it's like so funny because you're like dad what yeah yeah the adults in the room (laughs) I know (laughs) but they do give they do give some really funny looks and very sexualized but it's hard it's hard to you know it's easy to miss it's easy to miss (laughs) but Anyway, I mean, it's, it is a joy. Like this whole thing is a fun ride. Uh, I really, I do like the whole, like, oh, please. It's wicker at the end. <laughs> like, <when somebody laughs> confesses, it's really nice. Um, and, uh, I do like, you know, where Dorothy is talking about looking for her mother in the morgue, which like, man, that's really intense. Like, if you think about that and you're just like going back to the whole thing where your fucking hospital's not even helping you look for her. What the fuck? Right. Um, but I do like the Rose push morgue. <laughs> yeah it's so good (laughs) you know what I just um I just thought it was like Sophia Dorothy would have if something had gone wrong during that surgery yeah Dorothy would have lived with the guilt that she made Sophia move a furniture that eventually killed her so Sophia's timing is really interesting (laughs) yes exactly right like yeah it is kind of funny where she's like if I made it through (laughs) so rude (laughs) yeah really inconsiderate honestly (laughs) I know for real Jesus Christ but there was the lazy boy. So we'll never know. <laughs> anyway, um, do you have any more for this one? Um, my only last thought is that green is a power color for Rue McClanahan. She oh, yeah. really just looks amazing in those emeralds and the the Kelly greens. Oh, she 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 wears it. That's the it. Rolling, That's the rolling gate of a nymphomaniac. Truly helps support. <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right. Well, this one's been great. Um, join us next time. We're going to discuss Skylab, pranks we can hear, and whether or not you can open a baked potato without burning your fingers. No, it can't be done. <laughs> it can be done. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>